We've been talking these last few weeks of how society really struggles with knowing when it is that we actually become an adult. And we've talked about those things that people have as little like landmarks of what it is that you actually become an adult. One is as you're 16 and you can start to drive or 18 when you can start to vote or maybe join the military. Um, 21 when you can go out and you can legally buy alcohol. Or there's those people that believe that we actually don't have our brains become fully developed until we're 25 and they think that you don't become an adult until then. And then there's some people that think, no, no, it's more so about your lifestyle. Maybe you don't actually become an adult until you become um, settled down, that you become married and you have children, and that's when you actually become an adult. So no one really seems to understand when it is that this magical event takes place. So we all seem to struggle with knowing when an adult actually happens in our life. So we kind of made fun this idea that people put this term up, this hashtag adulting. And what they do is they use this to describe them doing just responsible everyday behaviors. And it's like, you know, buying their own groceries, making their own meals, um, maybe making their own doctors and dentist appointments and doing those things that are just seem more responsible. And so we kind of make fun of that. But I've been kind of trying to explain the idea that maybe when we do become an adult is when we actually start to do those responsible behaviors, when we actually do start to act more adult, that we actually are labeled more an adult. So the definition of, de of adult is actually a term that's used to describe the behavior that's seen as responsible and grown up. So it could actually make more sense that we actually use that term. I've been talking to you the last few weeks about some different aspects of becoming a, a grown-up and an adult, and that is one that we talked the first week about us having a job. And I explained that God actually wants us to have jobs, and obviously we have um, men go out and get jobs, women go out and get jobs. Obviously there is the job of motherhood, which we know is a full-time job. Um, God wants us to have a job because it actually shows us responsibility. It shows us that we have... Um, things in order, that we can plan our day and that we can go to work and we can be responsible with our time. Also, I explained that God really wants us to not have so much idle time because we have a tendency to not really handle freedom so well, that we can get ourselves into trouble. Last week, what I talked to you about was the aspect of that payment that you get from when that you get that job, and that is when you get that paycheck. And I explained to you that a lot of times as children, what we do is we have this this idea in our mind that everything is for me, that I can, I can just go out and I can spend everything that I have, the 100%. And I said that God actually wants us to actually do things in different ways, like save some, give some, and spend some. He wants us to be more responsible with our money than that. Well, today what I actually want to talk to you about is the idea of adulting more on the inside more on what's actually motivating us uh, to make the decisions that we make in our lives. And that is something that we really need to talk about, which is selfishness. We know that selfishness is a really a big, big problem today. There's a lot of people that really struggle with selfishness. Um, I know myself, I have struggled with selfishness myself so many times, way more than I'd like to admit. Um, I've wanted to be first, I've wanted to have better, and I definitely wanted to be more important than others around me from time to time. So I think it's something that we actually have to slay inside of ourselves. I think to, to some degree, all of us have this self that we kind of have to cut down and tear away because it wants to take over. So pretty much I, can, I know myself, I have behaved like a child more times than I'd like to admit and more times and more occasions than I should, should have in the past. 
Um, one of the things that you definitely realize if you have kids or you've been around kids is that they are really concerned with just three things. And that is me, myself, and I. Kids are very, very selfishly motive. You know, one of the things that you see is it's all about them. They definitely like focus themselves on everything it is that they need, they want, and they want to do. Well, there's this story that's told about a little brother and sister who are riding on a rocking horse together. When the little brother says, if one of us would get off this rocking horse, then there'd be a lot more room for me. And I think most of us have that same motive in our mind. Um, kids, they don't have to be taught to be selfish. In fact, they actually have to be taught not to be selfish. Um, if you set down a candy bar in the midst of a whole group of kids, you can be sure that there is going to be a calamity that's going to take place. It's going to, it's going to be in this epic proportions of, you know, Braveheart or, uh, you know, Gladiator that's going to take place. They're going to rip each other apart to get that candy bar. There's this me, myself, and I motivation that they have. You know, if you look at a baby, from the very start of life, their nature is to scream for everything that they need. They want their needs met and they want their needs met right now. And they are not concerned at all with how you feel. They don't care if you've ate, they don't care if you've bathed, they don't care if you slept, they don't care. It's all about me, 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 and that's all there is to it. Well, obviously we don't resent babies because we understand that that's what they do. That's how they, they actually communicate. That's how they actually need to be taken care of. Um, it's necessary for little humans to cry for everything that they need. But the problem comes in when these little humans don't ever grow up. And I'm sure most of us have probably met some of those crying little needy babies that are now living inside these big grown up hairy bodies and they have never ever matured and grown past that. They actually are the ones that are always making the noise and clamoring for everyone to drop everything and run and take care of their every single need. Now, if you haven't met those people, you might wanna take a look at yourself, just saying. So where does this root of selfishness come from? Where does it come from when we're right from the start, when we're little babies, where does it actually develop and come from? Why is it that they have that motivation? Well, I mean, we never see a baby ever say, no matter how good they are, ever say to you, no, 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 you go ahead and nap. Take care of me later. It's just not in their nature because they need you right then. This selfishness, this idea that's inside them is actually something that is really um, from God. It's actually put there from God it's to give them the chance of survival. It's this desire of survival and it's self-preservation. And like I said, it's actually put there by God himself. He gives it to babies so that they can survive the danger, the injury, even death. You know, the only way they can communicate is if they always let it be about them because they're so needy at that point. However, what is acceptable then and understandable as babies, it becomes really nauseating as we grow older and we never grow out of that same mindset. It can no longer be as we grow and mature, it can no longer be me, myself and I, or me, 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 pay attention to me and me alone. So this true gauge of being an adult or hashtag adulting is when we actually begin to put our own needs behind the people around us needs. And I think this is where a lot of times we really struggle. 
a lot of times we really do want to be number one. We want to be first. We want to be noticed. We want to be um, respected the most. We want to be noticed the most. And we really, really struggle with this idea that we actually let other people be first. Um, I've said over and over again in this series that we all grow older, but not all of us grow up. And I think this is what we see in society a lot of times today. Uh, I think some of us win the battle a little more easily when it comes to selfishness uh, or maybe becoming adult. But a lot of times there's still people that actually you think are really got it all together and they still struggle with this, really this bitterness and this desire to be selfishly motivated. Um, if right now maybe you're thinking, hmm, you know, I don't really think I struggle with selfishness that much. I don't think I'm a selfish person. I don't think I'm preoccupied with myself at all. So I thought what we could do is we could take a little, little test and we can see. Are you ready? When you look at a picture that you're in of a group of people, who is it that you look at first? It's you, right? It always is. It's always the people that we look at are us. We seem to search out for that one person that's in that group picture. We look at ourselves. And if we look bad, man, you hate that picture. You hate that picture. You say, you know, let's get rid of it. It doesn't matter if everyone else looks amazing in it. We want to delete it. We're like, just get rid of that picture. That's not good enough. However, vice versa, if you look great, and everyone else has a funny looking face or maybe their eyes are crossed, you're like, print it out, man, let's pass that around. We have this idea that we are more selfishly motivated. If we look good, we feel good, we'll let it go out. So there's a selfish motivation in that. So we really recognize that we can, if we're looking for ourselves, maybe we're more selfishly motivated than we thought. Now don't get me started on selfies because <laughs> selfies in themselves, you know there's a problem. I think that the term selfie, I mean, that should tell you something about it yourself right there. Um, I kind of wonder sometimes, dear God, do these people realize how concerned with themselves they are? I was thinking to myself, I would love to have the time. I mean, I could live forever with the amount of time that people have spent over the years in taking selfies and using filters to make themselves feel so good and look so good. So this selfishness and self-centered people what happens is that they actually see everything through the lens of themselves first. It's all about them. In every situation that they're in, they think what's in it for them. How will this affect me? What is this gonna cost me? What will I get out of this? This is what their motivation is. It's always this me, myself, and I thinking. It's no different than that little boy on the rocking horse with his sister. It's like, you get off, so there's more room for me. So what happens though, is they really look more ridiculous than this little boy though, because they've never grown up and they're just much too big to be acting this way. First Corinthians 13, 11, I spoke of it last week. It says, when I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. You know, God totally expects us to grow up and to begin the, to really slay this selfishness that lives inside of us. Yet so many of us don't. We really don't try to kill that part of ourselves. We really don't think about how something is going to affect others around us. We actually are more concerned with how everything affects us. You know, it's really funny because we applaud a child. 
We applaud a child when they actually have a great toy or they have a piece of candy and they decide that they're going to give it up or they're going to share and they're going to give it to some other kid. But it's really funny because we actually struggle ourselves though so many times with doing the same things. You know, we struggle with allowing someone to merge in on a highway or, you know, we really struggle with something going first in a line. You know, when you get to the checkout register, who's going to run and be there first? You know, or, or we really struggle with giving something nicer to someone for a gift when we don't have as something as nice ourselves. Or, you know, we even struggle sometimes with giving a compliment to someone because we think, you know what, if I, I give them a compliment, you know, they're going to think they're so great and they're going to be better and they're going to think they're better than everyone. When actually that's just selfish motivation. Instead of giving just someone a, a high five or a kudos and telling them they did a, a good job, that you're more concerned with how it actually makes you feel there's something wrong in that picture. And a lot of times, you know what's sad is we don't feel any shame about that at all. Like I said, we applaud this young child that does this, that shows a little bit of maturity, but yet we ourselves struggle on a day-to-day -day basis with acting like a little child ourselves, and we feel no shame. Philippians 2.3 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. And I think that's where so many of us really, really have a hiccup in life. We don't value ourselves less you know, than um, others. A lot of times what we do is we are definitely all about me. How is this going to affect me? What can I get out of it? You know, this obsession with self is a life that actually ex is a life of exclusion of others. Um, it's not even a motivation of how another person feels when you do something. You don't think about what the other person's feeling at the time when you treat them that way. And we don't think about really how it's affecting us in the long way. Um, Jesus was always way more concerned about others than he was for himself. I mean, he lived this life of constant selflessness, this idea that he would always put himself behind someone else and let them be first. His entire life was that way. I mean, from the very beginning, it's the total opposite of what selfishness is. And it, it explains this really in Philippians 2.4, kind of the continuation of what I read in 2.3, it says, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to have the interest of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee showed bow in heaven and earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledged that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know, I think it's so difficult for us so many times to become a servant to others. It just doesn't come easily. And I think that's why God, right from the start, he sent Jesus to actually say, no, no, I didn't come to be a king. I came to serve others. And I think so many of us really struggle with the idea that we're actually here to really be humble, to, to really show humility, to let others be first. It's such a struggle for us, especially today in this society. We see it over and over again. It's always about how something affects somebody else. I mean, it's, 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 you know, it's about me. It's, it's not caring about what other people are thinking. It's how I feel at this moment. 
Well, humbling ourselves by putting ourselves last isn't something that we enjoy doing at all. We know that this is this dog-eat-dog world out there. And I think a lot of times what happens is we think we have to keep up or we feel like we're going to be left behind. There's this race in humanity that we all seem to be like racing that, you know, no one really talks about it, but it seems like we're all in this battle to get ahead first. And I think a lot of people also struggle with something else, and that's that, that term FOMO, the f idea that's fear of missing out, that somehow you're missing out on having something by letting another person go first or having something be um, better than what you have. I think what I've noticed is that a lot of selfishness really is driven from the here and the now. It's in a moment that we're actually in that we become selfish. And I think it's in this moment of selfishness that a lot of times what we do is we make really bad, dumb mistakes. Um, I think what happens is we don't really think farther down the road. Years ago, I would teach a message um, to youth group talking about what's your end game. You know, let's think through your life, okay? If you make this choice, if you make this decision, where is it going to lead you down? You know, where is it going to have you ending up? You know, what is the end game? How are you going to handle when you're last, last in line? You don't know what to do with yourself and, you know, everything's kind of falling apart in your life. You know, if you look at the people in the Bible, you can see those people that made this dumb choice out of selfishness. Um, one that I can always think of immediately when I think of selfishness is Samson. I mean, Samson was asked by his family not to go outside of his own people. Instead, what he did, they actually said, don't go after Philistine women. And immediately what he did was he caught sight of one and he said, that's who I want to marry. It was just a selfish motivation and you could see the pain and the struggles that he actually caused his family and he caused all the people around him and caused her family and it, it's just it's so sad what ended up happening out of his relationship problem and then you have someone like David who God actually says was a, a man after his own heart but you can see that David had this moment of selfishness when he actually saw Bathsheba bathing and she was so beautiful and she was on the roof of a house when he should have been in battle. And he sees her and he sends for her and he actually ends up sleeping with her and gets her pregnant. And out of that selfish motivation, he actually does everything he can to get Uriah the Hittite, her husband, to make a big mistake that he would make and then he would go home and sleep with her and he could hide this pregnancy. And when that doesn't work because Uriah was such a, a loyal, wonderful person that he didn't take that, those choices and follow through, he actually gets to the point out of his selfish motivation that he actually sends Uriah Hittite to the front lines of the battle and actually pulls back and lets him get killed. And out of that selfishness, he destroys that family. And then not only that, but what he does is he actually causes himself so much problems because Bathsheba, she goes on to have this baby. And of course, this baby does not survive. And David learns a lesson, but a little too late. He actually has to go through so much pain. And so many people around him had to lose their life and, and struggle so much. I think sometimes we just don't think through everything. You know, we read these stories in the Bible and we can read them now and we can look and say, wow, see, see what happened? But a lot of times what happens is we get ourselves in these situations that we can't see farther down the road. We can't read how it's going to end up. 
But instead, what we have to do is we have to live out these struggles and these problems. And then a lot of times what we have is that we have a whole lot of collateral damage around us when things go awry. We never really ask ourselves in those moments, moments of selfishness, how is this going to play out? And I think there's something really to be said. I'm not for playing the devil's advocate like people do. But sometimes maybe what we should do is think, okay, what's the worst thing that could possibly happen? And I can tell you the worst thing that could possibly happen is what the devil wants to have happen to you. But what's the worst thing that could happen? How could your family fall apart? What could be destroyed in this moment if you do this? You know, I think prisons are probably full of people who have made selfish, motivated decisions and really caused their families to be so much um, destruction and pain over the years. You know, I think they, a lot of times what happens in moments of selfishness, we don't think about what I said last week, this idea of what if. What if I make this choice? What if I make this choice, what will happen next? I think that's where a lot of people struggle is they don't actually think about the long term. You know, I talked to you about that last week with money, this idea of what if. You know, but if you have to ask yourself, what if I start this relationship with somebody outside my marriage? How is this going to affect my life? How is this going to affect my long term? How is it going to affect my relationship with the people around me, those people that have meant so much to me, my children, um, finances? where I'm living, every single thing about it, you never thought through, you know? So you, you have to think through these things. You know, um, what if I spend my money that I've saved that was actually going to be used for my kid's Christmas, but I instead decided to spend something, you know, on nothing that was really valuable, you know? What are they gonna look at and see on Christmas morning? Are they gonna have gifts there? Are they going to actually look at me with like, wow, you don't care about me at all? You don't really care at all to be a real father or mother to me? You know, I think we just don't take that time. A lot of times in those selfish motivations, we are so focused on the moment that we don't think through the whole situation. You know, I think a lot of people make dumb decisions, you know, when um, a lot of times they think of, you know, a situation like in their job, you know, what if I just take this one little thing? It's not going to matter. Or what if I really just don't respect my boss? What if I just say this really quickly and I think, you know, it's okay. You know, they're rude to me. I can say whatever I want to them. And in the long run, we don't think, what if I do that and I lose my job and I can't pay my rent or my family does suffer? I think selfishness is born out of that moment, the short view of a situation instead of the long view that we need. Selflessness and thinking about other people is the long view. It's what actually what we need to look at and what we need to be paying attention to. I kind of thought about this this week when I was thinking about this message. I thought, you know, selfishness is a really, um, it's a personal problem that never stays personal. It always has a way of affecting others. And I think that is something that God really wants us to grasp. And what he really wants us to understand is a true adult is going to actually look at the long term. It's going to actually think it through about every situation and think about what is my motivation here and what is actually going to happen out of the situation. I think so many families and friendships and relationships and jobs and um, People in prison, like I said, there's so many things that have been birthed out of selfishness. And God wants us to really take hold of that, what's living inside of us, and slay that. 
get rid of that. Let us think more about the idea that there's people in our lives that actually are going to be affected out of a situation. A selfish person only cares about themselves at that moment. It's not to say that they're horrible people. It's just a lot of times that they really just didn't think through everything and they never really took that moment to think about what others might feel in the situation. I think we need to get our focus off of ourselves. And I think to become a true, real, hashtag adult, we actually have to have the long view in situations. We have to quit acting like children. We have to quit worrying about me, myself, and I, and I alone. And we actually have to think about others and actually put them first. I think in ministry, we can see that that's one of the most important things. It's not only about us feeding ourselves and becoming spiritually fat and learning more and more about the Bible. What God says is, no, take the basics. And if you start living it and let your life be an example to those around you in the basics of life, and that's what he calls the true disciples, those true followers of Christ. And that's what we hope that you are going to be at Acts Church. Let me pray for you. Well, Lord, I just pray for those that struggle with selfishness. Lord, if there's this bitterness inside them that somehow they feel they've been kept down or there's something inside them that always wants to be number one, Lord, I just pray that they would lay that at your feet. Lord, that you would help them to see that there's a struggle in this, that they need to give this up, that they need to actually have that be killed inside them, Lord, so they can become the people that you want them to be. Lord, true disciples, those that actually put others first, those that actually sacrifice for others and those who go out over their way to make others feel good and actually care about their future. Lord, we thank you for all the things that you're teaching us, Lord. We love you so much, and we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.